0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angre apna Lagan or News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi Welcome to another episode of Hafta. And I'm back in office with Raman sir. Both of us are COVID, COVID survivors. Is there any such thing? COVID, Because there are too many such people. But So we are back. Manisha is on leave. She will hopefully be joining us week after next. We are recording this Hafta. At two thirty in the afternoon on Thursday, the tenth of December. Uh, but on the panel today, we have joining us from uh, Patna. I'm assuming Anand, unless you're traveling somewhere. Are you in Patna? Yes, in Patna. Yes. So Anand joins us from Patna. Jeshri, I'm assuming is back in Chennai or is still in Bangalore?
0: No, no, I'm in Chennai.
1: Hi, everyone. is joining us Chennai and Asmita is joining us. I'm guessing from Delhi because everyone's always traveling these days. Yes, yes,
0: I'm Noida
2: actually. Yeah.
1: Noida NCR. <laughs> so, Asmita is a, a multimedia journalist with Quint. She has reported, produced and she's anchored several stories on caste, communalism, gender and descent. She has recently won the Ramnath Goyanka Journalism Award for her documentary on the making of Lynchistan. Congratulations, uh, that was really well done. And she's also uh, has another award-winning documentary on Haryana's rape culture to her credit. So, welcome Asmita, fantastic work. Thank you. So, Asmita, before we move on to the headlines, uh, how long did it take you to shoot this documentary film? And if you could just tell our listeners where to find it and briefly what it's about and how uh, you went about it. We
2: had taken over uh, five days of rigorous shooting around uh, Alwar and a couple of other places in uttar pradesh uh, apart from that we also had our archive footage which we had used for the documentary it's more of like a docu explainer of sorts i had worked with another colleague of mine megnath bose and uh, you can find it on youtube and on our site it's called the making of lynchistan if you search by it you can find that
1: so megnath interned at news laundry before when he was i think in in uh still college are you aware of that did he tell you
2: yeah, he, he. I think he told me about something that... He's a huge fan of you. Uh, he's told me about
1: that. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. But yeah, I remember he had come and he interned with us for a while. Very good, hardworking guy. So, um, okay, Asmita, uh, before we get on to the discussions, uh, we'll just go over the headlines, uh, which will be brought to you by Jeshri and not by Adani Amoke <laughs> Okay, so the headlines
0: are... First, the big news. The farmers have rejected the government's offer of amendments to the farm laws since what they're asking for is a complete repeal of the laws, among other things. Plans have now been announced to escalate the protests, culminating in a full-scale protest on December 14th. A 32-year-old farmer from Haryana who's been protesting near the Delhi border for the last 10 days has died. According to reports, he's believed to have died from hypothermia.
1: This is a 10th death, right? Yeah. 10th farmer death.
0: Yeah. So... The Ahmadi party has said that Arvind Kejriwal was put under house arrest by the Delhi police. The Delhi police has denied these claims. I think the BJP has now leaked some CCTV footage of Kejriwal outside a hotel and all to sort of prove its point.
1: Hmm. We'll the get, we'll get to the details of that, yes.
0: Yeah. Then Karnataka has passed a Land Reforms Act after getting support from the Janata Dal Secular. This act basically would remove all restrictions on the purchase of agricultural land, meaning private corporations and others can now buy directly from farmers. The DGCI has asked the Serum Institute and Baal Biotech to submit more data on their COVID vaccines before they can be granted emergency use authorization. So this became quite a stir yesterday, I think, on Twitter. Uh, NDTV had broke the news, but then the health ministry and so on had tweeted saying that...
1: This is fake news.
0: This is fake news. But then that same
1: news is carried by everybody, including the newspapers this morning. (laughs) But they still singled out NDTV.
3: But I think it uh, only for one word that they had used. Uh, I rejected. I, I also think it's just khunda kya, just tu tu. Main, no, no main But uh, later, uh, 90 TV corrected itself. No, I'm they, sure there it There was did. a ticker. Hmm. Uh, that ticker then they removed. rejected. Ah, rejected. Hmm. That word, in fact, created a problem. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it said like rejected, it should be not cleared ah, or right. something ah. like that. Hmm. Anyway, the Oxford vaccine is apparently better at stopping COVID than slowing its spread. In other vaccine news, which is very exciting, the UK has given the first dose of the COVID vaccine as the world watches. The first recipient was a 90-year-old grandmother in Coventry. Karnataka has passed an anti-cow slaughter bill which would provide a jail term of up to seven years. The members of the Congress staged a walkout during the Assembly. PM Narendra Modi has laid the foundation of the new Parliament building. I think he's laying it as we speak.
1: Well, he's, uh, I don't know about the foundation, but he's laying a sales pitch that is... That would put any salesman to shame. I just heard a bit of the speech right now. And uh, basically, he's telling us how important it is to build this building.
0: Oh, excellent. And Andhra Pradesh town has been hit by a mystery illness where traces of lead and nickel have been found in blood samples. Kerala has recorded a 72% voter turnout in the first phase of its local body polls. Hmm. Uh, the Delhi police has arrested five suspected terrorists, terrorists after an encounter. They've, I think, claimed some sort of nexus between ISI and Kalistani operatives.
1: We are just standing by for Shaheen Bagh also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybuba Mafti says she's been detained once again inside her residence in Srinagar.
3: And local body elections are happening in Kashmir as well. Right.
0: Uh, So the Delhi High Court has ruled that rape by an HIV positive person does not account as attempt to murder. Hmm. and yeah that's the headlines for this week
1: so uh, we will uh, discuss you know the farmers protest maybe a little about this whole love jihad related arrests and maybe um, asmita can tell us a little bit about her work and documentary and about the haryana's rape culture but let me first uh, start off with what's happening in ncr when it comes to the protests so one is of course that the that border from the Ghazipur side is getting blocked but now they're saying that they'll block the Jaipur Highway which is NH8 if I'm not wrong. Now if that highway is blocked then Delhi is really choked. But what the farmers are also saying is that they may not necessarily block the highway but they will stop people from collecting tolls. Now how can you do that without physically intimidating someone or restraining someone unless they just break the what do you call the the barriers and then the cars will just move up and down so how, I mean, what do you think of that it's an interesting form of protest they say we'll, we'll stop the state from collecting revenue but some of those are private toll plazas right? my
3: observation is that so far these farmers they are very st- strategic you know in whatever they are deciding like even on the protest day they block the other side like like this Ghazipur the traffic is allowed when you're going out of Delhi to to the uh, rest of the country say entering UP and all you are allowed to go there for that day also they did it till 3 o'clock and in a very disciplined manner they just removed the block they said now the vehicles can come from there so they also want to ensure you know the people are not
1: Uh, because in Uh fact today the prices of uh, onions and aloo have gone down they've gone down because they were expecting that there will be a supply choke but there's been no supply choke supplies coming in Right.
3: so I think this uh, and they are also very steady in their approach they are not in a hurry Mm. okay, like like I think they have already spent about oh, more than 10 days on the... Yeah, and they're rock.
1: saying they they are equipped to spend a year here.
3: Absolutely. So now they, on 12th they have decided to uh, you know, block Japo mm. or uh, this tax also I mean, uh, I don't know what their modus operandi is going to be.
1: And also the numbers are growing, uh, of course you know, from Haryana and UP, Madhya Pradesh had already come, now we saw farmers from Tamil Nadu and there were some very interesting slogans where there was a Tamil slogan and a Punjabi slogan being chanted together. I found Mm. that quite funny. But um, Anand, what about the local media there? And does it have any impact in Bihar? Because Nitish Kumar is conspicuously quiet on this, while many other chief ministers and leaders are speaking. He is not really commenting one way or the other.
4: No, I I have already said that uh, Bihar uh, had... uh, Taken this step uh, almost a decade and a half right. before. So uh, it abolished uh, the APMC mechanism in 2006. And uh, so actually, there was uh, not a lot of opposition then, also. Now, also there is not, not too much opposition because the prime component of the opposition rjd was in government with nitish uh, led jdu for 18 months from 2015 to the better part of uh, 2017. so they didn't have any complaints then and now there is a momentum to a protest to which people hinge and uh, though the opposition parties led by they yeah, the uh, rjd and some left parties uh, like cpim CPI(ML) orchestrated protests uh, But uh, the bharat bandh bharat bandh protests even tejashi was absent but you know you said you said bihar had introduced this a
1: few years ago now uh, india today has put out this graphic and the source is uh, the situation assessment survey of agricultural households between jan and december 2013 so the average income of every state of farmers. So it is how much do farmers earn? An average Indian farming household earns 77,124 rupees in a year, translating to just about 6,500 rupees a month. Uh, Now, the state-wise breakup, the Punjab is almost, you know, three times the national average. Haryana is over two times the national average. Jammu and Kashmir is number three. Kerala is number four. Then Karnataka, Gujarat. Bihar is the last it is just over half the national average. So would this, the fact that the Bihar farmer is the least prosperous and not just in wealth but also in income and by a factor of like almost, this is like one-eighth of the Punjab and Haryana farmer. Is this evidence that it doesn't work? Or I mean, how would you interpret this data?
4: Income d- depends on uh, see average income of farms can be a combination of a lot of factors the post green revolution generation basically this protest in two three states is led by the post green revolution prosperous farmers and the agent mechanism the monopoly cartels and the kind of crops they grew It fetches also the the kind of land holdings, the kind of land holdings, the fragmented land holdings can have different outcomes in terms of numbers. But the average experience, I myself have a very small land holding, and the intermediaries, suppose I have explained it earlier also in Bihar, I have seen reports because any Law whether when it is implemented it would have uh, different repercussions for different segments of the farm community. there is no monolithic farm community and uh, there have been reports where some kind of dissatisfaction of some part of Bihar a part of uh, Bihar farming community like there was a report in BBC which gave. Uh, Wise to certain segments of farm community in Bihar, which was not happy with abolition of APMC, but uh, the problem is that the media covering uh, Bihar as a outlier of uh, this uh, protest, and there are many states which can be in the uh, outlier, so uh, they are not uh, covering uh, the problems which have been removed, like uh, if you. Have this system, and you go with your crops to sell to the uh, what we call uh, Bajar Samitis, which are called Mandis in these areas, means uh, in Punjab, Haryana. Your uh, vehicles would be lined up, and uh, the intermediaries, the Bicholias, uh, and they, they would uh, first have the prerogative to, uh, to sell their crops, and people actually bribe them and uh, to get them uh, there uh, what they brought from me sometimes uh, 50 kilometers 100 kilometers to sell that uh, takes a lot of income that would have genuinely come to them so uh, transportation cost second is that uh, only when a substantial quantity of, uh, is there they want to sell uh, but now they can sell for very a small amount of money because they have uh, a lot of buyers. So, against, so I mean,
1: there's no minimum like a mandi would want to like wholesale. So you can't just set up. No, a no but,
4: but mandis were uh, at a, uh, say at a fair distance. So yeah, I get what you're saying.
3: Hmm.
4: Uh, so you would not approach a mandi for a very small quantity. Sure. of I mean, you,
1: it's not worth the. I mean, you have yes, to have economies to scale.
4: The frequency comes down. Uh, only you decide to sell it when only when you gather some because you don't have many selling points. So uh, after it has gone, it people send, uh, sell very small quantities. So I think uh, there is a uh, if there is a mixed reaction to it in Bihar, my assessment is still is that people were not largely affected. Uh, uh, sorry, I wanted to say that they were not very adversely affected by that in fact a uh, um, lot of them welcomed it still they uh, i see more positive changes from my own experience also what i hear from different segments of the farming community also uh, if there was substantial uh, say unrest because of it in 15 years, any political, a smart political party would have channelized it. And in 15 years, if it has not become a major political issue, then the ground resentment against it, I believe, is not uh, very substantial.
1: Right. You know, before I, I mean, I'd like to briefly discuss this from the other panels, but um, do you at the Quint have many, because you guys do so much video, and Aspita, you know, you've done um, two documentaries before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have you must be having a bunch of crews there. Like, have you been to the site protest site? So uh, what I you guys
2: personally do? this time have not been covering the farmers' protests. I had gone to Punjab and Haryana in September when they had initially started off the started the protest basically. But when they came to Delhi, uh, two of my other colleagues, Shadab and Himanshi, have been going to the ground. I have been busy with something on Love Jihad actually, so I couldn't get time. But uh, we uh, send a co- if, if there's. Supposedly, if there's a of the, uh, the day we had the Bharat band, basically, there were two crews who were deployed at the protest site because we, I mean, we predicted things could uh, spiral out of control like it had happened during CA or the Delhi riots. So, uh, which is why there were two crews, but usually there's not, and we don't even go to, like, every day. We, or we have also stringers there who help us with inputs from the ground and from different areas also so haryana when you were in,
1: when when you covered this in punjab and haryana in september yeah. just describe like what was the protest like what exactly were the expectations was there any anger that it was had been picked up by media and did punjabi media pick it up what were your experiences back then
2: so this Adani and Ambani thing was there from the very beginning, actually. Their anger towards the big corporates. And everywhere I went, I, I kind of visited around eight or nine places through. Like I was just on the way and I was stopping by. And everybody, each of these grounds, they told me that, you know, the anger is mostly against these two people, the corporates, and they will soon be boycotting their products. So from then only this this sentiment was there. Uh, apart from that, at that point of time, the protest wasn't very like huge or large. It was just starting out. They had blocked few roads like uh, majorly and not too many people had also like gathered at that point of time. But obviously through the two months, I think the mobilization has been much more and they finally managed to come and choke uh, Delhi from, uh, the planning to choke Delhi from all ends.
3: So so you were saying something? No, I... In this Bihar thingy, I think uh, there's another indicator is that uh, Bihar sends the maximum uh, migrants to Punjab. Migrant migrant labor. So, I think uh, the land holding is very small Hmm. uh, in Bihar and the livelihood is not so much dependent. So, so that could be one of the reasons. There's
2: one more thing that the farmers at that point of time had told me that a lot of uh, farmers from Bihar had migrated to Punjab and Haryana and uh, were working in their farms. So, I mean, the, when that pro- entire problem of why Bihar, if Bihar or the Bihar model had come up, they were saying that, see, the main problem with these farm laws will be affecting the Punjab and Haryana side. And uh, Bihar may say is most of the farmers have now come here. So they do not have employment there, which is why they're coming here. We don't want to do that with our lives
4: but i think that's uh, not that that is a not a very new development so even uh, say from in 70s 80s 90s when the green revolution was bringing economic prosperity to the farmlands of punjab and haryana it was largely spearheaded by the sweat of Bihari or uh, UP labor. So it, it is not a new development that uh, that has to be seen in context of the abolition of APMC in 2006. This, uh, I think this uh, the, this is, uh, this is uh, has a longer historical, uh, wider historical canvas. Right. Jayashree, you want to come
0: in? Yeah, actually, I just had a question about the Bihar thing. Wasn't there a report that came out last year or something which... Uh analysed the impact of Bihar's farm policies and they said that prices became very volatile. I think the prices crashed, the market became very really unstable. So wouldn't that also be... In, I mean, obviously, in India, I feel agriculture is so um, informal and differs so much from state to state. So you can't really say what happens in one state may happen in another. But isn't that also the danger of what might happen if, as a country, we go the Bihar way?
1: Well, I mean, I think for policies like that, the the kind of diligence and quality of data one would need I doubt we'll even be able to get or anyone even maintains in India I mean it's just like Piketty when he you know he didn't take India's example when he was doing a scrutiny of the wealth disparity in whatever six economies I think he took he said because in India there's no credible data so what (laughs) am I going to work with so it's a very important country and his hunch was that you know it's creating more billionaires than Mm. many most other countries but the, the data sucks so what am I going to do with it so
0: i was saying broadly i think that's the problem with how the the center is looking at the farm laws as in i think the government of india has this vision for the indian economy which is very formalized very corporatized maybe possibly resembling the economies of the more developed west but in india everything is far more decentralized and far more informal so these very sweeping sort of reforms for example demonetization and gst state to state they did fail at various Levels because breaking down an existing structure without knowing how to replace the structure, that never really works. And I think that's one of the main criticisms of the law now that the government says this will not hurt the farmer, but we don't know how.
1: But I'm curious. You said GST and other reforms failed, so I guess you know hmm. we know what a successful GST looks like and what it's supposed to achieve. <laughs> hmm. But you threw demonetization and there is a reform which mm. failed. Uh, just curious, what does a successful demonetization <laughs> look like <laughs> no, and I what th- was it expected to achieve? I, your- I think
0: because the, the government's way of looking at it would be that the black money has left the economy and this is that would be the success story that demonetization was supposed to achieve. Obviously, it didn't, considering that that plan itself is extremely flawed.
3: Mm. So, no, these that laws, was my The mm. laws that the government has introduced they're liberal, they may be good, but the problem is, when you try to impose something from the top, uh, this k- kind of friction is uh, bound to come, I mean, you haven't spoken to the stakeholders. So, yeah. so, so so. I think that is why the problem is there. Uh, so,
1: the I want to move on to Central Vista and I want to speak with our, um, you know, guest Asmita about her, you know, Love Jihad documentary. But before that, just two quick observations I had. One was um, on, um, you know, on the farm thing only that what happened with Arvind Kejriwal and I I, I mean I was quite on Tuesday when I was seeing what was happening it was I mean it's so difficult to tell I said this should be simple for a reporter to confirm but even then it was I'm going to get into the details of that but on Anand's this thing of if there is a problem on the ground it can be exploited politically Uh, no that's not true Uh, I think like for example sometimes you can invent a problem and there's none like in the US that migrants are a problem when And they have pretty good data. Every data set says that they add more to the economy than take away from it. Uh, But that became a huge theme and a very successful theme. Um, Same thing with, I think, the Hindutva wave here. And corruption was endemic in India for the longest time. Before the Jan Lokpal movement, it was never an election issue. So, just because a problem exists doesn't mean it becomes a political formula for relevance.
4: No, see... uh farm problems are very much related to the ruler economy of Bihar and uh, all political parties if you see their manifestos in last three assembly elections they didn't uh, go in details of APMC or something also uh, if you see the political pulse, the political pulse of Bihar, you, you have to go to, to, through the Ruler Bihar. And if there was a simmering discontent against this uh, law that Bihar government uh, promulgated in 2006, it would have found their way to uh, political programs uh, or, or uh, even rhetoric, polemics, whatever you call it. So that was my point that it didn't. It, it was not a major political issue, and uh, even now it is not because I live here. I, I I see. I I go through the districts, various districts. I I don't see, see it as a major political issue
1: here. Right. So um, now I'll just give context to what we're discussing next. Basically, on Tuesday, the Aam Party said that there. Chief Minister in Delhi has been detained in his house. He's not being allowed in. No one's being allowed to meet him inside. And there were some BJP councillors and all protesting outside regarding something else. There was a huge police presence. And even his own MLA's weren't allowed inside Arvind K. house. The police said, this is nonsense. We haven't stopped him. He can go wherever he wants. Then when they were asking that, why aren't you allowing his MLA's in? They said, he's a chief minister. We can't just allow anybody in. Even though they were MLA's. So, clearly the police wasn't telling the complete truth. I mean, that was clear. But what I find fascinating was that why would a person like Arvind Kejriwal not make a scene and try to barge out and have to be physically restrained? Because that would be politically yeah, magic for him. Yes, You know that here's a chief minister. Yes, and he's yes, a physically even I
3: thought the same. So,
1: so <laughs> I have a theory on what happened. But before that, uh, Asmita, what do you think?
2: I think Arvind K. since the CAA protests, have proven that he plays very safe. And this was just another example of that. And like you were saying, that it's very easy for a reporter to just verify what is happening on ground instead of just putting out versions like we often do, even even we do at the Quint. And a lot of uh, people do it. And I feel as a reporter, it's just so important to just open the window and look outside if it's actually raining. Right. When do people? Saying somebody saying it's not raining and so on, saying it is raining, right? So I think that is what was lacking in that entire reportage of the event.
1: So uh, anyone has a theory, Raman, so What is your theory? What do you think no, happened? I,
3: I also thought uh, about the simki Why is he not coming out mm. and uh, let people see uh, the police arresting him mm. if he steps out? Mm. So I was wondering what is happening. But what do yeah, you... I feel
0: like he would have totally taken advantage of a photo op. I mean, of
1: course, I mean, physically that house has huge gates, so huh. if he tries to rush out, he can't straight come out of the gate.
0: Now they're saying the back gate was open but the front gate was shut, so there was some confusion I mean, as to which the, gate was actually... I mean, it would
1: not be a photo op <laughs> till he actually clears that black gate. There's this huge black gate. And the distance from his...
2: Planning to go to the farmers' protest. Also, I mean, he was just at home, and maybe one of the Emily's was not allowed, and he started saying that.
1: So he went the day before nah, because nah.
2: the day the
1: yeah. before he went. Yeah, Punjab because Punjab they are pretty confident. They were very confident that they'd become win it last time, but I think because they didn't have a CM face and a jut six CM face, they but they are the largest opposition in Punjab. Nah, they got 25 24 or twenty-five uh, seats. So, uh, what, what is your theory, Jashri? Do you have a theory? We're all speculating, uh, by the
0: way. I so I think it is quite likely that there was greater police presence outside his house. Considering even in Tamil Nadu, when one farmer was trying to board a train to go for the protests in Delhi, he was arrested on the spot in Trichy. So mm. it is unsurprising that there would be police. But perhaps there was some directive to make sure that he doesn't go. But yeah. I don't know, it all sounds, sounds very dodgy. And then people are saying the barricades were there for ages. I find it very difficult to believe that... No, they aren't there, there for ages. Verify. You can
1: That road is very accessible because the other people also live on that road. Because he, you know, in that whole thing that I will not take a Latin's bungalow, he took it there.
0: Huh. So then wouldn't that be a great indication of whether he was under house arrest or not? I mean, I've, I would have thought it would be quite easy to prove or to figure out.
1: Yeah, I mean, to ask the cop that, fine, he, he doesn't want to come out. You're saying he's not coming out. Why is his ML not being allowed in? You see, someone can take a video and say that here's what he wants to say. So, so here's what I think happened. I think he probably he must have been told by the you know Delhi police. And I know that he had this problem when he became chief minister the first time. You know, because that time the government wanted to know that is he going to ally with anybody? Where is he going? You know, everyone wanted to strike a deal. The Congress thought that they could, Mm -hmm. you know, do something. BJP thought they could do something. So the police would not leave him. He says, I don't want security. They said, but we have to give. It's a part mm-hmm. of the duty. Basically, to figure out where he's going. Right. <laughs> so, it was a real pain in the ass. Because right. I met him at, at that time. And he met at Manish's house. Then he hopped into my car. And then he went to CP for dinner. Because the cops wouldn't let him go otherwise. Uh. He says, no, it is our duty. Uh. He says, okay, you can't sit in my car. Then they take it their own car. <laughs> so, the cops can do that. I'm sure he was told, you can't go to the protest site. You go wherever you want. Uh. Now, he knows politically if he's outside and he's not at the protest... It's political hierarchy. So he must have said, best to say, I can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm speculating. I think that's, because they must have told him, if you, go north of, if you go north of Rajghat, we'll stop your car. We'll cause a, we won't let you go there. And he must have figured that if I go out and I don't go there, then bloody, how am I going to go around explaining that they aren't letting me come there? Let me say, and they're not letting me out of my house.
3: That's the best way. That's a house arrest. That, I think,
1: what do you think, Anand? Is that is that a good Sherlock, <laughs> good peeling. What is your theory? I,
4: I actually missed this news. and This piece of news. I. Uh... Oh
0: my God!
1: It was wall to wall in that morning. Yeah, everyone was wondering. But
0: like, why wouldn't he then? If this was, if your theory is correct, why would he not then head to the protest, have the entire drama of the police stopping him, and then he would return?
1: That's also a good point.
0: That would be, I mean, a far bigger sort of story nah, than. He can always step out. He'll say he'll tell the police.
3: Mm. Okay, he won't go
1: to the. Yeah, because the CCTV footage that they released with Meenakshi Lekhi was also saying, and again I found it fascinating that reporters weren't questioning, that was mm. for Monday night. Yeah,
0: but, a, he had, at but he had a wedding or something.
1: But he had said that I'm not saying I was mm. not it was not like Monday night. It mm. was Monday evening he came back from the protest site and then Tuesday morning they weren't letting him out. Right. Anyway, but that we should try to get to the bottom of mm. this.
2: Chandrasekhar Azad also claimed he was detained
1: at his house in Saranpur, by the way. Oh. But the thing is, Amit Shah, anything's possible, you never know. <laughs>
2: He was actually uh, trying to, uh, you know, putting him in houses. Like he was saying, that photo op would have helped him far more than just a tweet from mm. the official
1: handle. True, this is this is one of the enduring mysteries of the last week. <laughs> La- so, yeah. uh,
0: like Chandrasekhar Azad's uh, tweet about how he was stopped by the farmers. His was with photos Not of the him. farmers, the police so only. The police, yeah. yeah. So he, it was a picture of him being surrounded by dozens of cops, cops at his house in Sanand. Yeah, Korea. and that was a very impactful sort of. Thing K G F 1,000 as somehow was not as impactful, which is very mean. I mean, <laughs> prescribing motives and all, but you know. So um,
1: before I move on to the central vista speech that is being made right now, so tell me about your Love Jihad project. What exactly is it? It's a documentary film. It's just uh, like a explainer. How how are you approaching I'm
2: working it? working on a documentary at the moment. We will also be doing some more follow-ups, etc. But uh, this, so we, I just came back from a, a shoot in um. Western UP. And again, what I found was that this is just a license for the UP to become like a police state because there were clearly there were people who were, you know, openly confessing about their nexus with each other from the lawyers to the police to the right wing groups. So there is not exactly a fear. And they knew that I'm a journalist. I didn't have to even go undercover to do any of this sort. So they knew that I'm a journalist and they were okay with talking about this. And also there's another thing, which is the definition of this entire love jihad. They cited numerous cases and each of them had a different story, basically. So their original definition is, their textbook definition is that uh, it is a marriage which is based on, which which intends to have forceful conversion without the consent of the person. But the examples they were citing, Were somebody who's probably murdered a person and they knew like, oh, oh, there's also another angle, which is you hide your identity. Correct. And then get married. Deception. And forcibly convert the person to increase your population, which is completely a, first of all, it's a conspiracy theory given a legitimized, I mean, now it's proper law, but even under that law. They are, they are the examples they are citing are extremely bizarre like they're not they
1: do not match up yeah. when it comes to the population thing a gentleman by the name Anand Ranganathan had written a piece many years ago debunking yeah. this entire theory that the population is increasing of the Muslims as a proportion oh, yeah. I don't know whether he'd stand by that article today but you can check it out on newslawny.com where he had cited some data <laughs> of actually
2: Similar on the rise of Hindutva Phrygian, uh, like five years ago, and uh, somewhere in Meerut only, and that was done by somebody else. And uh, there, this right-wing head was—they were training kids to fight, love jihad. Yeah, at I've that seen that.
1: Of- Did you do that? That was the, the- no,
2: no. I, that I was—I was not there at the Queen at the moment. Uh, somebody else had done it. I, I so remember there, there was. This said- is the
1: bit where you had this—the uh, Yuva Vahini also, right? Was yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah
2: exactly. And they at that point have said by twenty twenty. The Muslims will take over the entire country, and you will the Hindus will vanish and all of those things. So now that I got in touch with them actually now again, and now they are saying, "Oh, it's 2030, not 2020." like they've increased that span of years by ten more years. because
1: this India, every scheme gets delayed. So the, takeover yeah, of the so mus- now in
2: 2030, the Pura population, according to them, Muslims will take over
1: the entire country. Ach. So um this is a good time to plug our NL Sena project. A new NL Sena project is called the Love Jihad series. We'll be doing some ground reports, some videos, some explainers on the whole Love Jihad law. Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, Haryana, Sam and Karnataka seeking legislation against Love Jihad. We'll be sending... At least two reporters on the ground to at least two if these states, if not three. So this whole thing is gonna cost us about four lakh fifty thousand. We've already collected just over two and a half lakhs. Thank you, those of you who have contributed, appreciate it. If you can top this up, we'll get a series of reports and video explainers really going into in-depth into this whole Love Jihad thing. Another reminder that our new website is up. Our podcast player is amazing, world-class. If you've been listening to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, etc., that's fine. But you can also check out newslawny.com. On the homepage, on the top right-hand corner, there is the mic icon. Click on the mic icon and check out all our podcasts. There's Daily Dose, there's Awful and Awesome, there's Endel Charcha. And we have all sorts of functionality on our podcast. You can skip, you can skip to a specific subject. You can you know play with the speeds and you can also queue up. Podcast, You know, which one you want to listen to next, next, etc. And like I've been saying, Haftar is going to be behind the paywall soon. We are in the testing phase of some of the glitches that had come up. So even while you listen to this for free, we are testing if the paywall is working seamlessly. If it is, then it will be pulled behind the paywall as will all future Haftars. So do subscribe because then you will get access to all our paywall content. Moving on, i just like to move on to the Central Vista project. Now we've done... Uh, I think Alpana has written two pieces for us on this, Raman, sir? On the Central Vista? She's done two. about three, I think. Okay, uh-huh. three. So, uh, but four... a
0: two-part big series was in February this year.
1: So her third piece... Oh, sorry, fourth piece should be up by the time this hafta goes on online. If it's not up, it'll probably be up a day or two after this hafta goes up. Because uh, it's just come in. We just have to like do the usual editing process and figure out the sources and cite the correct sources. So all the stuff is accurate because... Unlike many others, our stuff does go through a editorial mm. process so mm. that minimum errors find their way to the final copy. But the groundbreaking ceremony of the Bhumi Poojan was today. And I just saw some of uh, Prime Minister Modi's speech. But the news report says that Ratan Tata is there. Many ministers are there. Now, um, before I you know, go into the speech, did anybody hear his speech at all? Because it was being made when we started recording. No,
0: just... I read clips of it on Twitter, oh, I and I saw those visuals of priests from twelve different religions participating. I which see. That was quite strange.
1: Oh, is that is that right? Describe that. I didn't see that. What what was there?
0: Huh, they've got religious leaders from twelve different faiths or something, uh, performing the. What,
1: what twelve faiths are these? I'm curious.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. So I got up to about Hinduism, Christianity, Christianity yeah. Judaism, you know, and then I sort of lost track. But yeah, I'd be curious be to know what these twelve religions are.
1: I see. So this is an ambitious project, which by some estimates is going to cost 20,000 or 22,000 crores. The Supreme Court came down very heavily on the government because they had started felling trees and clearing some stuff. They said when this is being heard, you should be smart enough to know that you cannot just start off building. But what I think Prime Minister Modi has very smartly done today is politically he's still very strong. I mean, we'll see what happens after the farmers' protests reach their peak. But right now, I think you still feel strong because they've just won a couple of elections as well, including a local election in right. Rajasthan and Hyderabad also did it pretty mm. well. So he is telling us why it's so important, this new parliament house, why it's a symbol of Indian democracy, that on the 75th year is when it's going to be unveiled, why it means so much to the country and to all the countrymen. And he has, he may not have erected a wall, like, you know, like when the... Supreme Court said it's broken down. It was illegal but now that it's down you know because when you've committed so much it would be a huge loss of face for the Prime Minister if the Supreme Court goes against it. Now with this speech the indication he's given is that now if you stop it it's a huge loss of face. Now which Supreme Court is going to after today's speech? Nobody. Say that you can't construct.
3: Nobody. And in today's
1: speech he's pretty much said that this is like the biggest thing that india's ever seen uh-huh. like ever uh-huh. i mean i i just find it
3: and he's justifying by saying that the present parliament is 100 years old building he's i mean, uh, and I, mean we have, I we mean, have I, haan, I, I will we have i
1: will give this to him he's not putting any major because nehru made a speech in that he's not giving that angle he's giving a very practical angle mm. so on that i think modi is way smarter than many give him credit for yes he knows what is the what is the project to sell? Yes. So today's speech, he wasn't selling legacy versus right. Latians versus Modi's. Right. He was selling practical considerations. Right. But for a fraction of the cost of the new parliament and a fraction of the ecological damage it will cause, you can actually redo the existing buildings sm- pretty smartly. I think it is clearly that, I mean, he's in his grand vision, it will be called Modi's Delhi and not Latians Delhi because it will be completely that entire enclave.
3: No, but I, I really wonder on what Drowns, the Supreme Court is going to give the clearances. If they give clearance to this, there are so many other projects which are stuck yeah. because of this environmental reports and all. I think so become... in this, when, when you are waving off environmental reports for this project, mm-hmm. the others are going to claim the same. No. And
1: there'll be mainstreaming of anarchy because at least from what the reports that we have, they have the master plan prohibits a certain amount of constructed area. You know, those of you who have seen Khosla Ka Ghosla Hmm. and Munna Bhai, MBBS, or are property developers or have bought and sold property or have done any reports on property, knows there's constructed area, there's carpet area, there's total area. So in the master plan of Delhi, certain parts of Delhi, you can construct a certain amount. What is called LA, the the area basically, the constructed area as a proportion of the Mm -hmm. total property. Mm -hmm. This... Central Vista, all the all those buildings break that yeah. ratio se. <laughs> So now if they can do that, tomorrow if Hotel Janpath or Hotel Meridian or all these private mm. plots there, or let's say a plot on Kasturbagani Marg or Jantar Mantar, those are also many of them are not government process. Right. He says, I want to pretty put up a building here as a five yeah. story. Yeah. They say you can't. He says Pelotum Parliament ko Roko.
0: Also the Central Vista project has very quickly and without discussion changed use from public semi public to government office land
3: yes mm. so
0: this was once public land and that is something that should not go down without a fight but they never gave you the opportunity to fight for it so the public has lost that land
1: it's yeah I, I, so i think there are many major problems i mean the practical problems aside if one goes about doing stuff like this then you will have stuff like you know the punjab dudes blocking the road because If you're not going to debate in parliament, then debate on the streets. But you will debate. I mean, the assumption that you will not be met with any opposition Mm -hmm. is a foolhardy assumption. It's a really dumb assumption. So if you don't want to have that kind of exchange of ideas or opposition and pushback on forums that are created for that, then it's going to be on the street. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, when you're saying that they're not debating in the parliament and you have to debate on the streets, they don't, they clearly didn't debate the CA when it came to the streets, right? After a long time, the Supreme Court sent two inte- interlocutors at, uh, to the Shaheen Bag protest. I mean, the government clearly knows they can do what they want to do. So even if they're not willing to, I mean, take that risk of debating on the streets, I mean, or facing protests, they will finally probably end up doing what they have planned or visioned to do.
1: But I think it really goes as far as, it's like what Bal Thakir was able to create. When the state itself cannot make rules and stick by them, he sets up a parallel justice system. And he had the power and the strength to do it. So it's a question of time before someone else does. I mean, the assumption that there will never be anybody else who can mm-hmm. say, okay, this is my personal army of 10,000 people. Now take us on. I mean, wh- what are you going to do about it? No, the, the point is that, if you abandon the rule of law, it's just a question of time before someone else comes and says, okay, fine, I'll take you, I'll, I'll fight you on, on, on those
3: terms. And also look at the indication that the Supreme Court gives. I mean, the decisions haven't as yet come. So, but since Modi is laying the foundation uh, stone. Let, so him go, the foundation. Uh, let him lay In
1: the fact, foundation. Let him lay the foundation. In fact, they should have said, do you can't lay, I mean, what is the foundation How stone for? How can you do that? i completely. Yeah. think it's i think ah, it's, so, it's so, a if you
3: look at look at all these things it's a completely i mean dictated by just one person not even i won't even say the ruling party modi yes. so and whatever speech he has given is going to be the deciding factor i mean for i mean, the supreme court must have taken the cue from him yeah that and then the speech. decision yeah, is written uh, written large on the writ large on the wall I and mean,
0: it's pretty good. Yeah, bad. and the Supreme Court also listened to Tushar Mehta when he said that uh, we won't start construction. But I mean, I think what what that has overlooked is the fact that the foundation stone laying is a very symbolic thing. Like you said, you can't walk back from it now. Mm. He has proclaimed that this is happening. He said this is an Artmanirbhar Bharat sort of indication. We're not going away from it now. Like, I don't think. Yeah, you
3: have the top corporate corporate uh, groups joining, I mean, attending this. Yeah, through, yeah sitting through there. Through religious... the <laughs> Pujas for this. I mean, all these things are happening. So, I mean, you, you have a view
1: it's... on the Central Vista project, Anand. What do you think of its going ahead and how the Supreme Court has dealt with it?
4: No, uh, I'm not uh, well informed about uh, the status of legal case against it. Or, so, uh, I don't know about that. But uh, the point about uh, parallel national architecture as a legacy of the government um that may be true because uh, the regime uh, in last six years has been also about uh, parallel iconography uh, so like patel about uh, Sharda patel the parallel icons to very different type of post-independence icons that we had for 50 or 60 years so whether it, it is in architectural terms like this central vista or the stamp on the national capital of a regime which was strong enough to have two clear majority governments in in 2014 and 19 that was bound to come and uh, given the way for grand uh, the sense of grandeur in projects government projects or iconography or architecture that mr modi Carries as a, a part of his political personality. Now, I think he, that uh, repercussion of that part of uh, his political personality, of having a, an architectural legacy in the national capital, is that 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 seems a very point.
1: So, Jairam Ramesh has put out a very interesting tweet. I quote well the existing parliament building built by the brits bears a remarkable similarity to the chausath yogini temple in morena in madhya pradesh while the new atmanirbhar parliament building bears an eerie likeness to the pentagon in washington dc unquote and he's put <laughs> the photograph of the aerial shot of the parliament house the old one and the chausath yogini temple which are both round and they're very similar actually he's right and the Pentagon aerial shot and the graphic representation of the new Parliament House, <laughs> which are very similar. But yeah, I just think it's it's tragic that something this because, I mean, I will say this. I think, I, I mean, I don't know if an audit has been done. I think the energy consumption of some of these old buildings is ridiculous. Uh, just the air conditioning, the vent, the piping, I'm sure it belongs to a different age. Mm-hmm. I don't think it could be optimized for 2020. Uh, I don't think the space could be optimized for 2020. I've been to many ministers' bungalows and offices, sir, so just like you have. I don't believe there's any place for uh, three, four acre bungalows, as inefficient as they are in energy consumption and upkeep, for our ministers to be and living this in those. It's
3: extremely bad for these guys to have a 20 acre plot, uh, you know, bungalow. I, yeah, mean, do, I I somehow do. feel I mean this is not I uh, mean 20 acres but
1: 20 acres 20 acres
3: 20 Ministers' bungalow oh my god Spread over <laughs> 20 acres I, I know IPS officers who have got 20 acres but I mean not that they want that uh, But 20, that, is so that is official that is bungalow what so as the senior ips officers they have got 20 acre bungalow
1: so as in 20 acre plot the bungalow may not be 20 acres but yeah huh. i i get what i you're mean saying. Uh, I meant, yeah. uh, so i just think the there is a case to make these buildings energy efficient mm-hmm. i also think there is a case to um Maybe make the homes of these ministers energy efficient uh, and put them in flats. And you can have luxury flats like this Magnolia type. Yes, yes. Central Delhi, banalo. Yes. And you can free up the rest for. Yes. But A, is this the right time to do it? And B, can that not be done by spending a fraction of 22,000 crore in making the current buildings energy efficient? Mm. You're saying, uh,
0: Jayashree? Yeah, so I said first about I think uh, a couple of weeks ago they inaugurated some luxury multi-storey flats in Delhi. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, uh, which is for members of parliament to stay in, and they they cited the same things. They said this would be more energy efficient, da da and they'd uh, put them in the place of eight bungalows. No, I Second, I
3: haven't. Not on it. No, I, no this, no. I, most of the MPs live in North North uh, Avenue. <laughs> I mean, and I go- know, I, I, I'll
0: i go- check. I
1: haven't come across this. Ha-
0: Unless I dreamt this. Up. Oh, yeah. Dr. B.D. Marg in New Delhi. 76 flats. Okay. And then when you were saying that you were sure that the building could be, uh, you know, updated better. So this is what I think Albana had written about in her piece where she said that even in the UK, there are plans, which is a very long term plan, which they're not rushing through like we are here. There's a very long term plan to uh, redesign either the Parliament building or the House of Lords. And that is taking into consideration the fact that those are heritage buildings, how to preserve it, and yet how to move it into the 21st century. So these are things that are possible, that it's possible to do it, but this government chooses not to. Also third, I feel the timing of this foundation stone laying. I'm sure it was very deliberate, but after we saw those visuals earlier of Modi, watching that sound and light show while the farmers were protesting. Now we're watching the farmers protesting while he's sitting at this extravagant puja.
1: So, oh, right, would you're this right.
0: be the time to do it, especially in time, when so many jobs are being lost, when middle of a COVID pandemic?
1: It's See, there is absurd. absolutely no doubt this is hardly the time to do it. But I guess this is the time for him to do a lot of stuff because because of COVID, they can stop protests. But you're right, there is a multi-story flats have come up on BD Marg.
3: Is it for MLA's or MPs?
1: MPs. Eight old bungalows, which are more than 80 years old, have been redeveloped to construct 76 flats. Excellent idea. They should do more of this. But the problem is that those, you know, eight bungalows will now be turned into one big bungalow or three big bungalows <laughs> for three people. I mean, just make it into like a Central Park kind of scheme. Na? So, And I think the biggest loss and that is, again, you know, the government is saying you're speculating from public use. It's government use. Like right now, you can't go hang around in the lawn of Shastri Bhavan. You can hang around in the boat club lawns because that is government land. So they're saying public land. I'm certain that you would, you will not be allowed to hang around in the park of course some of these buildings are 500 meters long here yeah? so if you're going to take up that most beautiful part of delhi which people hang out in i can quite certainly say that they it will not have the access that we do right now well there is but, a very green buddha jayanti park but if you go there you could get killed or mugged <laughs> or or you know if worse could happen if you're a woman so uh. people stay away from that part but that's also quite green Maybe these guys should go there. They may fit in there. <laughs> 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 that's, that's the ridge area. Correct. Uh, the ridge. That's the ridge okay.
0: area.
1: That's where the famous Billa Ranga case happened. Oh, I'm
0: clearly very unfamiliar
1: with Delhi. Huh. So. That's fine. You aren't missing much. By the way, Jeshri, on an aside, before I move on to the next, I watched mm-hmm. Jallikattu uh, earlier this week. Did oh, you end up watching it? it? I still haven't watched it. No, it's... Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't
3: surprised. I mean, where is it available? I mean, I don't know. Amazon. Amazon. Okay. No.
1: So I didn't, I wasn't surprised. It's technically excellent. And I think no. like many films and the cinema of, you know, Tamil Nadu, Kerala, the Malayalam cinema, Kannada cinema, Tamil cinema, technically it is more often than not way ahead of Hindi cinema, you know, where it comes to audio design, sound design, cinematography, etc. But I do think that, I mean, I'd heard so much about it. It's good, but it's not great. I mean, that, that was my take.
0: Yeah, but I maybe that's my response to so many Oscar movies, though, like a slight sense of disappointment. Mm. But I think uh, Asim Chabra had uh, written this piece where he he actually questioned the decision to send Jallikattu to the Oscars. I think he wrote in Rediff or something, because he said at the end of the day, the movie that wins at the Oscars is one of those human humanizing sort of more populist. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, feel good. You shouldn't. Yeah, nothing that celebrates something that is insignificant in the public eye. Hmm. So you need to send that sort of film to win an Oscar.
1: But Right. So um, now we are going to next week, probably unless some major news happens, we'll be having a COVID-focused hafta with the two area experts on COVID. So I'm just committing that right now in case you're wondering why we aren't going to be discussing the Serum Institute mein kya hua or Moderna ka vaccine. Because you'll get all really good credible fantastic information from uh, two people who we will we, we'll be inviting for the next hafta who will really know this space very well so i'm skipping covid altogether in this hafta except to just let you know about the one case which involves the ministry of health pti the, who who does sorry who does the fact check gov sarkari fact check website concept. pti PID fact PID. PID. PID fact
2: check.
1: Ha, sorry, yeah. PIB. PIB does the fact check. So, uh, Health Ministry and this what happened with NDTV. Now, apparently the Serum Institute right? Serum Institute had asked for emergency approval. Who, who had submitted? Serum
0: Institute the...
1: and BAL. Both of them had asked for emergency and, 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 approval. Uh, among them, many others. Others. So, uh, all of them have been told to submit more data. Yes. And until that data is submitted, they have not been given the clearance. Um, right. Now, NDTV ran a story where they use the word rejected.
3: Mm. With that ticker
1: first. Day, it was a ticker. Uh, it was a ticker. So, and also it was on their Twitter. Uh, so the health ministry quickly retweeted that saying fake, fake news. news. But at that time, even CNN, IBN, and India Today had also carried the same. Mm. They may not have used yeah, the word rejected. And
0: ET Now and uh, News 18. Yes.
1: I think. So I think it is very clear that the the kida that the Sarkar has with NDTV guess, and unfriendly yes, media yeah. and another very important report. Uh, that I will just speak about, which shows the approach to media and of media and this government. It's truly worrying. But uh, that is the context of what happened. Now, I want to know, you think this call can be taken by someone? Because I don't believe the health minister will pick up the Twitter, mm-hmm. whoever handling Twitter, and say, I tweet that ki wo fake news. De rahe. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he will, I don't know, but I doubt think so. Novel Modi, Novel Amit Shah. I, I do think that there's an empowering of people who think that they can do stuff which would ordinarily be considered inappropriate. I mean, a bit like in the US, like Trump's behavior, you know, gives legitimacy to such behavior by other people down the line. At what stage do you think, and then, you know, this whole uh, PIB rad, runs a fact check and says it's fake. Of course, PIB running fact checks is laughable. At what st- at what level do you think this intervention happens? You know, let me start with you, Jeshri. What do you think?
0: i was also wondering like it because i wonder one who runs these twitter handles also the ministry of health when it had tweeted saying the news is fake the screenshot of the ticker that it used simply said the vaccines were unapproved and unapproved is not incorrect it was not approved that is the truth the approval is subject to it giving more data so these are not lies that are being peddled online but this reminds me of the other thing that happened this week when the niti Aayog Chief Amitabh Kant, when he said there's too much democracy in India. And, yeah, uh, we didn't,
1: we didn't, that wasn't part of the headline, right? Why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah.
0: So uh, basically, it, Hindustan Times, among many other uh, media organizations, tweeted and posted a report saying that Amitabh Kant, in an interview where he was talking about something that I'm not sure, mm-hmm. he said that uh, India suffers from too much democracy, and too much democracy is a quote. So then obviously this got a lot of traction. This became one of those social media sort of things. So the source of the quote was an interview that he did with with Swarajya about a scheme or something in the manufacturing sector. So he tweeted later saying, this is definitely not what I said. I think he indicated that it had to be taken with context. But if you watch the video, he does actually say that. I mean, even if you add context, he it's not like he doesn't say it, even if you add the context, it doesn't make it any better. But Hindustan Times deleted its tweet, it put, pulled down its stories, blaming PTI. It said this was a PTI copy, this was not ours. So, and lots of many other media houses also deleted their tweets. I think the exact quote was: Too much of democracy is hampering reforms in India. Right. And this is actually something he said. So similarly, I feel with this health industry thing, except this is happening at a much higher level, which is them rushing to damn media houses for reporting what is actually the truth. I mean, the media often does report a lot of things that are untrue. But in these two cases, these were not incorrect things. Maybe they're just one of those things that portray India in a bad light. So that immediately is on the defense. You have to take it down.
3: See, I mean, this PIB thingy, I mean, it was so easy to say that, to tell NDTV that it wasn't, rejected i mean it was simply that it has been uh, i mean they have asked for more data but i think by calling it fake news they are definitely uh, you know indicating it to the dgci i mean no matter what happens you need to give <laughs> give give the <laughs> approval to this vaccine that's what i feel i mean everywhere i mean you you can just read re- read the message you know there
1: there was also yeah. a report uh, i'm trying to pull it out which was about um, the government having monitored the social media and uh, of digital platforms and journalists, and figuring out who are the friendly ones ah. and accommodating yes. that was the Hindustan oh, yes. Times. Uh-huh. But yeah, on this, what what do you think, Anand? That what stage do you think? Is it the Twitter handler who makes that decision and suddenly out of the blue has calls out fake news? It happens at a higher level. How, how does this work in your view?
4: No, I. They have a social media team. Uh, ministries have a social media team. The team members of uh, the ministries uh, run it. Even ministers have uh, in their private offices uh, a social media team. They recruit people and uh, their salaries are paid from uh, the government exchequer.
1: I'm asking, you think the intervention, like the ones you're talking about, they are empowered to take, they have the guts to take, like it's kind of bizarre, no? It's very unofficial. It's, it's, It's
4: very casual. It's like
1: trollish behavior.
4: Who authorizes that, you think? I think the, uh, they are under broad gu- guidelines, but tweet by tweet supervision is not possible. Uh, last year, uh, around uh, last year, yes, last year when CA protests were there, uh, I think uh, an employee of PIB tweeted something very controversial. So, uh, and she, she deleted, uh, it was uh, around Jamia uh, incident. When the police uh, went into the Jam- Jamia campus. So uh, that shows that uh, there is not tweet by tweet supervision, but there are bro- bro- broad guidelines. Also, I don't agree that PIB should not be in fact checking. It should be because a lot of uh, government policies and programs uh, uh, carry a ring of misinformation, which, which the government side needs to clarify. Now they have their platforms like All India Radio, Doordarshan, PIB is one of them in the digital age. So, uh, like. uh, So
2: then it's a clarification side, it's not a fact
4: checking side, right? Ah, So, clarification also involves a, a good degree of fact checking. So, uh, because of mission, you have to counter misinformation, and uh, which is traveling faster than information. So, you, you need to, a government platform also to fact check uh, misinformation.
3: No, PIB should, of course, check facts, but hmm. they they have no authority to turn facts into non-facts. So, yeah. here is a case where they're turning a fact into non-fact. Hmm. So, so, so this is something which is not acceptable.
1: I think also it's. I mean, no, the thing is not. Whether it's fact or not, I just think the the way it's worded, this is fake news. Mm. It's very Trumpish. That's what it is. That this is inaccurate. It has not been rejected. It is pending. pending. You know, we have put out some queries. So I mean, you know, the, it's the, like
0: a very knee-jerk reaction. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just think it's a little childish. That's, but I think we are in the golden age of being childish in this day and age.
3: Anyway, the permission for this vaccine is going to come very soon. Don't worry. Now,
1: the um, article I was talking about, which Jeshri, thank you, you have found it and sent it. This is, the Hindustan Times uh, had reported this on the 8th of December. Its headline is, the GOM lays out plan for government's media outreach. The recommendations part of a report accessed by HT were made from extensive sittings by the GOM, that's a group of ministers, to discuss government communication, including evolving a multi-pronged strategy to amplify messages through media engagement, outreach programs at the level of states and districts and working with influencers. The union government is working on a new strategy to overhaul its media and public outreach with a group of ministers. So some of this is standard that, you know, have a more good strategy of communicating, utilizing all sorts of media, feeding them with positive stories, etc. But it also has some other, uh, you know, interesting stuff that the recommendations appear to focus on social media discourse track negative influencers, engage with positive influencers and put government's view in right perspective and propose to identify journalists who have lost their jobs and are supportive of the government or are neutral so that their services can be utilised by various ministries. (laughs) And steps have been taken to ensure that news reporting on digital media is not biased primarily due to foreign investment component. Now in India, there are just about four or five foreign investment in digital media portal, we being one of them. So... I read this report and I was shocked and aghast that it was, you know, it just passed by journalists very casually. A, for you, the listener, now you know who rewards journalists. One has been made the chief information commissioner. I have regaled you with stories of India Today, what's his name, from Gujarat. My brain is getting fried now. You see, I've, I've started forgetting names. It has come to me. And you can see some of the ads. Now, you see on this farmer's protests also, some of the farmer protest debates that are being sponsored by companies that have interest in agri, that have interest in farm retail. Adani sponsored a show that was a conversation with the Minister for Agriculture with Prabhu Chavla, sponsored by Adani. The level of conflicts of interests, which is why the model has to evolve, which is why I keep saying pay to keep ministry when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. So... Which is why I say, you know, if, if this is where journalists get their reward from, then that's who they're going to serve. Uh, and that is what is truly worrying. But it, it was very amusing to see that they are actually tracking your social media behavior, which is why I got a message on Instagram. And I was, you know, it was, I laughed also. But it's truly sad that many people in our country think like this. Mm. He was a young guy in his mid-20s. So he asked me a question. He messaged me on, on Insta and says, um, I really like the work that News Laundry does. I want to subscribe, but will the government be able to see who all are subscribing to you and track us down? That's the level of fear. Oh, yes. Among people. Yes. And, and I know for a and fact... And it, now it that is more...
3: quite possible with this government.
1: No, no. I yeah. know for a fact that when ARP had put all its donors list on the internet, because I know two of those donors personally very well, they stopped donating. They said, we started getting income tax notices. So, you know... So, mm. uh, it's just very sad that when shit like that happens, mm. I don't think there is any way that they can start hacking into our system and take our subscriber list. But so that is a bit much. I don't think we'll go that far. Mm. But you
2: never know. Like, if they are watching their social media activities, if people are sharing our content, like the Quinn's or the News Laundry's content, they might be able
0: to.
1: Yeah, but they uh, can't possibly go after hundreds and thousands of people now. That would, it's just, it's not practical, i I think.
0: Yeah. I feel it won't happen, but also I think we've reached a stage where you are thinking twice before you're saying something on WhatsApp. Because with this entire Sushant Singh Rajput thing and stupid chats being leaked, you are sort of... I mean, I don't know if these are things that will actually come back to bite us, but the fact that you're worrying about it is scary enough.
2: I mean, while voting on Haakstras, I remember uh, right after Tanushri's phone was tapped, I think all of us who were there, we were discussing this and we were like... I don't know if I'm talking to the source or, or whoever from the family next. What if my phone is also being tapped at that point of time? Just, it was really scary.
1: Yeah, but what do you make of this? What are what are the kind of incentives one can look forward to, sir? So, you've been in this game for way longer than I have. So, hmm. suppose our subscribers shaft us. What I mean, we tweet in this list, what is the incentive one can look forward to? <laughs> Please tell us. Bungalows, money, jobs. What is it? No, incentives. Ah. The government giving incentives to these guys. Yeah, the ones who are friendly to them. They the positions in
3: no. ministries or services no, no. would be used
0: or something. No,
3: no, no. So, see, they... No, no, no. I mean, uh, see, those who are in the party and they're working for the elections and also, they get rewarded by giving petrol pumps. Just like, I mean... Congress also has a, had the same system. So, they are also doing the same. So, you you get, uh, uh, you know, some kind of uh, consultancy, you know, with their PUC. PUC is a big source of, uh, you know, so, so, so they rehabilitate, you know, all these people who support the government.
1: What are the kind of incentives you are aware of? Anand, what's
4: your PUC hai? is the
3: main. Journalists will give you a quarter.
4: I think one of the alternative careers for journalists uh, has been in corporate communication, but uh, those friendly ones uh, in private sector opt for that. In the government sectors, it has been in ministries. Like I was talking about the social media teams, many, they hire uh, some journalists also, these ministries and ministers, MPs, MLAs. So that is one of the things, and uh, this is, uh, a new wave also to push the say the government supportive the argument uh, or the positive now in uh, it has an international angle that uh, for soft power projection you need a certain kind of image projection uh, for pushing the soft power imperative in international Um, platforms and uh, the ministry of external affairs has some papers one is the china model that you need to influence with a very positive projection of india Uh, china has a lot of leverage with uh, international publications like uh, washington post even nyt so as a professional community you need to have some say like-minded journalists to put it like that way to put a positive image or more, uh, um, say, advantageous sides of policies, programs, and a brighter side of the government on international forum, to counter a different kind of narrative, which inevitably will come from the opposition camp.
3: In my time, I have seen uh, journalists getting plots on institutional rates, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the commercial plots. So, if you have a float 1 crore, then you just get it for 5 lakhs, 7 lakhs.
1: Wow, so, wow. so, so,
3: that that also I have said. It's
1: the golden age of journalism has passed <laughs> us by. We did not get any such data. I was talking about Uday Mahurkar, who is the deputy editor of India but today. This he's, Sina, been, he's been made uh, information commissioner, sorry, no, not chief information
3: commissioner. No, but manager. this Sina guy, is also a journalist. I mean, he's also... Modi-led panel appoints BJP supporter journalist as information commissioner.
1: So Uday Mahurkar is also uh, Modi. So,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, I remember
1: he had gifted uh, me back in the 90s a copy of a book on Sabar Savarkar because I did not know enough about him while covering an election. So
3: so my question, my I have one question. that Do we have too much democracy these days?
1: Too much democracy, sir? <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about the people who sit and whine about Media essay, media essay, but you have to do everything. You to do everything. You have to If you to So, Vishwamitra. Aur, so, the outcome of Menika and Vishwamitra also resulted in Vishwamitra not being able to complete his tapasya. If that is your expectation, is of Bhishma Pitama of journalists but yet people don't want to subscribe and do anything to make it sustainable, then you're stuck with this. Now you can keep cursing Modi, you can keep cursing Rahul, you can keep cursing Kejriwal. But if their ads... Now, the two people who I see most often in newspapers are Adityanath and Kejriwal. I mean, there was a time when Modi was on more pages than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But right now, you pick up any Delhi paper. It is these two mugshots. Yes. The Delhi chief minister, the UP chief minister. Yes. And you will see minimum coverage on these two guys. Mm -hmm. Critical coverage. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now it is aimed at maybe the central government. Mostly,
3: mostly their statements.
1: Yeah, their statements ah, or something ah, happened. Ah, it's a very benign kind ah, of thing.
3: And how much is Love Jihad there in the newspapers? Oh, in fact,
1: there was one arrest. Sorry. So, um, Asmita, you want to come in? There was a case of Love Jihad arrest without an FIR. No one filed any case. Yeah.
2: But the police uh, today landed. Today in Meerut, actually, this happened. It's a Times of India article. Hmm. Where uh, there was this Bajrang Dal leader who went, who got to know about this. The families were ready and everyone. The police didn't uh, arrest the guy. Like in the article, it says that the police has taken him for questioning right. on the on the f- uh, pressures of the right wing groups.
3: Oh, in Moradabad also, again really the Bajrang Dal. In Moradabad, yeah. really Bajrang Dal came came in. The marriage has happened sometime in May. So, though retrospectively yeah. they are applying the law, they arrested the boy. They arrested the boy's uh, father or his brother also, and his brother. this brother, uh, brother, I think. So, so there also. I mean, uh, again, the Bajrang Dal. So the Bajrang Dal is policing now. Uh, but that state. was
1: even true during the whole uh, cow movement. Yes, yes. That whole the, the cow. what yes. Not cow move. What was it? Gorakshak. anti romeo squad also. But but you, the Gorakshaks, had- even during the whole Gorakshak, you know that phase of those bunch of lynchings at borders, and there were cameras. I think even the Quint camera got guys who were stopping yeah. vehicles and checking. With these saffron scarves... They weren't cops... They weren't government officials... Mm. They were just local goons... Absolutely... Who formed themselves... Into, yes. And the cops are standing... Just watching this happen...
2: Yeah... I mean... They they themselves tell you... When you talk to them... They themselves say we We can't wait for the police to come... So we act on their behalf... And then let, later... Let them know... So when they act on their behalf... They... A lot of times resort to violence and a lot of things. And these Bajrang Dal people no, 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 were now stopping no, no. the love jihad thing. They started off as the Romeo squad. If you remember in UP, Meerut mm. area, 2013-2014, they all had this Romeo squad where they were moral policing couples of any faith or religion. Now they've changed into this love jihad gang.
1: They should go so, try this right now at the Delhi border. you know, Because <laughs> Bajrang Dal should stop a bunch of khalsas and say, check
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. It's no, but, very. But, don't but give them But <laughs> so scary. It's not. It's not just. It's. It's becoming a pan-India thing. You know, people wearing this uh, saffron gamcha. Yeah. And they are bharjundals. Yeah. I mean, and uh, and that's a license I, that I don't message. When, mess with when me. I go to Uttarakhand, I see all these taxi wallets. So there is a union of taxi walas, They all are gamcha, mm. wearing. I mean, they, they are bharjundals. They have. They wanted Muslims in the Uttarakhand to, you know, the uh, the barbers to go away. So, so some of the Uttarakhandis they protested. Even the police said that, "Tumhare baal tega, agar ye to." Now they have set up the. They are giving training to the local Uttarakhandis, the Hindus, the barber training, and they have uh, set up in my area the parallel shops so that they can be made redundant later.
2: So it's not just Bajrang Dal, just by the way, like they have several factions of this, this Hydra thing that they keep saying, right? Like, so, I mean, there are a lot of different right-wing groups who are doing this. Bajrang Dal mostly is active in UP and the Western UP part. But like in uh, Mewat, I was covering this uh, Nikita Tomar case in Faridabad, right. which was again a love jihad, jihad. They was shouting. So there were like different groups from Karni and Sena then there were newer groups which are now trying to mobilize more people so there are a lot of different groups which are developing just to fight love jihad also there are certain groups
1: Shalu, I guess it's a bit like the incel movement so um, before we take everybody's recommendations uh, I just want to read the emails uh, so this is the segment where we will read the letters the letters that are beyond the word limit I will just paraphrase this one is from Jefferson hello team of subscriber The News Minute did not open up their subscription for NRIs for a long time and when they did, the pricing was in dollars. The Caravan and the Ken also have pricing in dollars. The Scroll has it in Indian rupees. The Hindu does not allow allow subscription for NRIs. Is there some special permission that media outlets have to get to receive subscribe money from NRIs? How does Newsline do it? Regards, Jefferson. Jefferson, first of all, thank you so much for your subscription, for, for your support. I know there is no special permission that one needs. You can either take the subscription in rupees or you can take it in dollars. There may various payment gateways that make it available. As long as you're paying GST on it, which all of us have to, uh, there is no such restriction in um, selling your subscription to people overseas. Then Ria Jose, Jose, how do you pronounce that? J-O-S-E? Jose? No, but that's not Jose, the Indian term. No, it's
0: Jose. 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 It's, I think it's a Malu
1: name. Yeah, it's a Malu thing. It's not... Producer Lipi, <laughs> the see Mexico Paj guy. Jose, it's Jose. No way, Jose. Lipi, you can't say you? you always. <laughs> so, Ria Joes says, Hi, News Ronnie team. Ria, I'm going to paraphrase because much of it is, of uh, course, because it's way beyond the word limit. So, hi, News Ronny team. I'm a new subscriber. I want to say kudos to the team for adhering to true journalism. You moved overseas three years ago and didn't care much about the government at the time. Modi was seen as a welcome change. As a person who's now on the outside looking in, I'm sad to see our country deteriorating on almost every front. Uh, I'm a cynic by birth. I believe things will only get worse before they get better. This dangerous wave of religious extremism and lack of tolerance is a resonant of a global shift. But one thing that scares me most is how a generation of educated, well-read, well-traveled millennials like us refuse to take the saffron blinders off and address real issues. It breaks my heart when I speak to an Indian colleague, acquaintance, friend, who truly believes that the Modi government has done more good for the country than harm. Those who listen to the voice of reason know this is far from the truth. While my approach earlier was to get into heated debate, now it is just to address facts and ask for evidence. So you have spoken about the bigotry and having to cut off friends who demonstrate anti-Muslim bigotry. You're right, you're not alone. Many of us have felt this and many personal equations have changed. And I think I've said it on Hafta, no, you that, said it earlier. That book uh, or that report on which this whole book Bloomsbury was based on Delhi riots. My cousin is a co-author of that. It is rather sad, but such is life. And uh, she says, I feel conversation and meaningful exchange is the only way to bring about awareness. I have gifted Newsline subscriptions to my parents, so they can turn off the no. white noise, otherwise known as prime time news. Thank you so much. Uh, and you've written to us from Australia. Thank you, Ria, for your support and for those kind words. And keep the good fight. Aman says uh, he's been following News Laundry for the last seven years, from fun engineering college days in Chandigarh to not-so-fun professional life in San Francisco Bay Area. So you write to us from California saying that I admire everyone in News Laundry because they have helped shaping his intellectual growth. Uh, This mail is specifically to Abhinandan and Manisha. Abhinandan, I have been a long admirer of all your ventures you were part of from News Laundry to Highway on My Plate to Gustav Himaf, to NDTV, uh, the shows on NDTV, and behind-the-scene part you played in Monsoon Wedding, one of my favorite films. Your opinions on almost all issues have been resonating with me for the last seven years, but, but the one I would like to mention is your opinion on Suhail Seth. Miss Manisha Pandey is the star of News Laundry because of obvious reasons. Recently, Tahira Kashyap Khurana posted a picture of Manisha Ayushman and herself on Instagram. I was pleasantly surprised seeing the pictures of people I admire. I'm happy and proud when I get to hear from News Laundry, and people around me mention it. So, thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful mail. And you said that you succumbed to my recommendation of watching Hillbilly Elegy. And your girlfriend had been pestering you for a long time. So, Aman, there are too many things that you really need to fix. One is, your intellectual growth is being formed by opinions on news laundry. So, that is danger number one. <laughs> and, and danger number two is, when you put out a, I hope your girlfriend isn't listening to the podcast. That Abhinandan recommended a film... On his ignorant, completely buffoonery, awful and awesome podcast and you decide to watch it. And I've been trying to watch and you haven't watched it. So I'm on bad move. Now, if you're in shit next week, your fault, bro. But thank you for your subscription. Then Inderpreet has written to us from Mohali, who's been a subscriber for two years. He says, I got most of my information on the farmer protest issue because of your ground reportage. Thank you so much for the quality journalism you brought. And you've told your family to subscribe. Thanks Inder, really appreciate your support and thank you for your kind words. But yes, our Raman team has been doing a grand grand job of ground reporting from there.
3: Thank them. you. Who all are going to be there this week, sir? This week, Ayush, uh, there will be new additions. This Anna is going to join us right. on 12th Okay. and uh, Ayush is free now. So Ayush will also so he'll be there. And of course, Nidhi is already there. Right. She goes there. And so to...
1: we'll have three reporters on ground. Yes. And we'll have two in UP. And now this letter is from Hemal loved your coverage on the farmers protest disturbing to hear the views on the email last time suggesting and ranting about the inconvenience of protests it is a sign of privilege when people's lives are literally at stake and you care about being 5 minutes late to a place also i'm tired of this is not the right way of protest argument because the state has a monopoly on violence and the privileged middle class has a lack of empathy this is why the caste system still exists the sheer apathy towards the lower classes and caste is staggering Therefore, the last resort left is peaceful but disruptive protest because nobody seems to care otherwise. 300,000 plus farmers have died in three decades, but people are happily dining at five stars and oh, now they want to give us shit about inconvenience. Utter bullshit. Here in France, we love protesting. We just organized one against a law that was passed which did not allow anyone to take videos of policemen on duty and the government had to backtrack. Given our history of what we do to people who act like kings, wink... Last point, protests should be should stop being labeled as anti-national and put up with the privileged class or stop calling yourself a democracy. There is no right way to protest because that is what a protest is, Trevor Noah on the Black Lives Matter protest. And you've put a recommendation on his piece in Vanity Fair. Himal is a student in uh, France, I'm guessing. Yes, in the Paris School of International Affairs. Thank you, Himal, and thank you for your recommendation. You can find it in the recommendation link uh, under this podcast. Uh, i guess this kind of resonates with you right jayashi this is what you were saying about protest yeah it's pretty
0: much what I, said. I think the letter last week had uh, disagreed with me and i think uh, ramansar and you and all had also disagreed to an extent mm. so i think it's very difficult to say things in very sweeping generalized terms because yeah it doesn't account for other opinions and other things but
1: yeah. fundamentally
0: yeah, i do believe that in the right to protest
1: Okay, then this last email is from Ram Badrinath. Ram, in the first paragraph, has said wonderful things about us, about Manisha, Abhinandan, Raman, Mehraj, Anand, Jaisri, and all the other guests. He loves the intelligence, the depth, the candor, respect you have for each other. So thank you for all your kind words. He said Nidhu's, Nidhi's interview with Balbir Singh Rajewal of the President of the Bharatiya Kisan Union was an eye-opener. And he has complimented me on my entrepreneurial skills of managing to sustain a subscriber led media model for 7 years actually it's going to be 9 years in this coming february so yeah i think more than entrepreneurial skills you just uh, <laughs> need lots of good friends and a, a stubborn attitude but you have two complaints one is your assault on yogendra yadav makes no sense i had tweeted this to you also i personally have no connection in any of any sort with him but believe communication articulation is today's in today's time is critical. And if he does provide clarity, it is valuable for the stakeholders he is talking on behalf of. As it is, we have very few people who are decent in public life. And well-meaning journalists like yourselves do a big disservice by trashing him. Second, you have discussed this in the past hafta. But you must pursue an ad model with products and services that are aligned. Such as conscious products and artisans products and health lifestyle products, softwares, hardwares like Spotify does. Advertising is not bad. Advertising dictating the editorial decision is non-negotiable. Keep up the awesome work. Ram. So, Ram, I'll just tell you my view and then the rest of the panel can tell you theirs. I understand sometimes just... I mean, that's because of the kind of person I am. I tend to be really mean when I'm making fun of people. So, maybe I did that about you again. The other one, you're right. He articulates very well. and I agree he's a very decent man, especially given the kind of people we have in public life. But I think you underestimate the damage that one does... When one tries to become either the voice, not the loudspeaker. I can be the loudspeaker for someone because I have the loudest and the most articulate voice. But I will be articulating that person's opinion. For example, Raman can say, i you can't hear a lot, or you can hear a Sir, tell me something. Sir, tell everyone, Nikkhu is wrong. I said, sir, Nikkhu is wrong. But if sir, I will tell you, what's your story? You don't have to tell me. I will decide. That's a problem. And I think... Mr. Yadav, a wonderful man that he is and soft-spoken, I agree a lot of things he has going for him, has a tendency of not having the humility instead of being the voice of others or being the loudspeaker of others because he's good at he becomes the voice. He wants to be captain and I think that does more damage than good and I don't think it leads to any significant results as his exit from Ahmadi Party proved, I don't think even a dozen people left with him and Amani Party has only grown stronger. It hasn't lost anything. So I think that if you want to be either in the core committee of any team or be the captain of a team, you have to spend the maximum time in the trenches. You can't say, I'll be the captain of the team or I'll be in the core committee of the team because I'm the smartest. That's not how collaborative movements work. And that's my biggest complaint with him. So that is why I was making fun of him. I'm sorry. I I mean, but we do that with everyone here. So... No, in
3: this case uh, I think it really backfired on him I mean the farmers only shunned him out he did.
1: But, uh, I mean you know like Ram has said like our criticism of him he says was unfair no no
3: in this particular case as I said it really backfired I mean this guy tried to tell the farmers that I am going to be your voice. The farmers said, no, you can't be our voice. So very clearly, it was indicated to him. So in this particular case, I mean, this happened. And that was the criticism. But yes, I mean, whatever he's saying that he is a very articulate guy. And he, a decent I think man. he's a good cephalogist. He's a very good cephalogist. And he's a decent and he's man. He's a decent man, yes. So I mean, that is true.
1: Uh, you have a view on this, Asmita? I mean, I guess you get the context. I don't want to tell you what we discussed last last week.
2: No, no, I do. And I completely agree with you that he's a decent man. I've spoken to him. I've interviewed him a couple of times and I think comes with great intentions. But like you said, I mean, if you want to represent some community, you cannot and you're not a part. I mean, you have to let the stakeholders speak more than you are speaking or speak on their behalf. I completely agree with you.
1: Jashri. you have a view on were you part of this group that made fun of him?
0: No, no, this was you guys last week. Don't so be so
1: not accusatory, point. not that you wouldn't have participated.
0: <laughs> I said nothing, Mr. Yadav, if you're listening. But, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean everybody knows he's, yeah, he's a decent guy, whatever. But I think this is one of those things where you need to start to pass the mic, right? Like, yeah, exactly. He's made himself the center of this narrative about the protest. It's not, uh, his intentions may be extremely good, but I don't disagree with most of what you guys discussed last week.
1: Ram, let me give you one example, which I may have given before. It's not related to politics, but I think this applies to a lot of things. Uh, You know, ever since I've been very young, I've been playing football and I still continue to play. So I was, you know, we have an alumni team and we have these little tournaments. We used to take part in the Delhi Diplomatic Soccer League, where all these embassies used to have their teams. So we also used to put our team, not as an embassy, but as an alumni association and stuff. And then within the association, we used to have... So I was captain when I was in my mid-twenties. But I'm the only old man who's been continued to play for the last 20-25 years. So even now, when the tournament happens, they make me captain. And back when we used to play, I used to go for practice like four times a week. You know, even if I had a very busy day, I'd still make time and go play. But now I play once a week, once in two weeks. But when the tournament happens once a year, twice a year, and I land up, I'm still captain. Because that's how it's been. But I am smart enough to know that I'll go for the toss and then I'll sit on the side and let them decide what to do. I will not tell them because all the respect I get they'll tell me to fuck off. You'll You You one day. You We practice And you'll tell us what to do. And a lot of privileged people in our country think because I'm the most well-read, because I'm the smartest, I may be a weekend activist, but the rest of the activists will listen to me. They won't. They listen to the guy who was with them in the trenches for seven days. And that humility, I think, Mr. Yadav doesn't have. And he may have a lot of other things going for him. And I think that's a problem. So yeah, that's all. On that note, can I ask everyone for the recommendations before we say goodbye to our wonderful subscribers? Let me start with you, our wonderful guest, Asmita. Uh,
2: I think uh, I would recommend this one article I read in the morning and the subsequent article in that context, uh, it's on the Caravan magazine. ANI's Rivasava group named a massive EU disinformation campaign to promote Modi government's interests. Uh, it basically talks about a report by a disinformation lab um, who says that you know there was a massive campaign going on about disinformation, where uh, which was organized by Indian stakeholders to further the Indian narrative. And uh, in context of that, also read the Caravan magazine's analysis on how AI reports the government's version of truth. It's a couple of uh, months old article, but definitely uh, read these two.
4: Uh, Anand? Yes, uh, so we began by comparing the two very 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 different estates on uh, and farming estates we had in punjab so uh there is a lot of academic studies to see and analyze the farm incomes of uh, two estates and uh, the academic one is uh, from uh, the asian development research institute is a the based research institute of uh, set of some social scientists so reports on the farming sector and the income levels of farmers in bihar in last 15 years by adri and a very condensed version of the findings and uh, and the findings are very different uh, from what you said uh, in, in the india today report and uh, Sekhar Gupta has uh, done this uh, on print. Um, uh, to Bihar uh, and Punjab, two different states, Bihar growing, Punjab slowing in with respect to farm incomes. So these two, plus uh, a poet from the hills, uh, a Hindi poet from the hills, uh, Manglesh Dabral passed away yesterday. So in Hindi literary tradition, he was one of the leading poets. Uh, from the hills after Shumitran and then Pansil and uh, of his ilk. So uh, his poetry as well as uh, as well as uh, his works of prose, uh, uh, some of the most uh, say significant pieces of literature in the literature written in last twenty twenty thirty years. So um, I would just recommend that also. Yes.
1: All right, uh, Jashri.
0: Uh, I have two uh, recommendations. My first is a non-fiction book. It's called In the Kingdom of Ice, The Grand and Terrible Polar Voyage of the USS Jeannette. It's by a guy called Hampton Sides. So basically, I have a soft corner for reading about polar expeditions, especially like doomed ones. This book is a work of genius. And what adds to it is that this expedition was funded by a journalist in a newspaper. So the story adds a lot of color as to how this newspaper functioned in the New York of the 1870s, how they came around to sponsor a polar expedition and how the entire thing played out. So it's a great book. My second recommendation is slightly different, actually. It's a series of Instagram stories that have been saved together as a highlight on the user's profile. So it's by a Berlin-based Elon Tamer researcher and writer called Sindujan Varadaraja, which explains why Tamers are angry with Deepa Mehta's new movie, Funny Boy. So I think for anyone who's unfamiliar with what's happening, it's an excellent summary of the anger and the pushback against Mehta and the movie.
3: Raman, sir. Yeah, uh, this Shekhar Gupta's piece. There is a there is a counter to this by Punjab Today. There is somebody called Amandeep Sandhu who has written Shekhar Gupta's forked tongue. So he is a scathing criticism, you know, of his piece where he's comparing the bit. bit he's making. And this is printed yeah. where? Punjab Today. In Punjab Today. In Punjab Today. Okay. So this is one. Second, a beautiful uh, documentary uh, on Netflix, a Room. Two eight zero six. The accusation uh, it's a four-part uh, series, four episodes uh, about uh, that Dominic Strauss Khan, mm. who was the IMF yeah, director, who was
1: part of those orgies and whatnot. And, and, and he
3: was he was uh, going to be the uh, you know French president also. Yeah, but at that time the case against him came. Mm. Yes, I remember so, that. So, and also, people feel that the Me Too movement actually began with that. But this uh, documentary is absolutely beautiful. On Netflix. Netflix? On Netflix. Great out. documentary. And the third is uh, this uh, Indian Express edit uh, editorial today. Uh, the first edit on uh, Amitabh Kant, Niti Aayog, hmm. Chief Amitabh Kant. So showing him his place on his comment that there is too much democracy in India. So so these three recommendations.
1: So this week, I'm actually busy reading two books for some interviews that I have to conduct. So my recommendation is if you're a subscriber, do register to be a part of this week's NL recess where I'm going to be in conversation with Hulzar, who will recite some poetry. Uh, these are opportunities very few people get. With these NL recesses, if you're a subscriber, you can be a part of the Zoom call and you can live ask questions and interact with people who ordinarily wouldn't be able to. So I have been busy reading Gulzar's poem, which is so thick, a book, sorry, not poem. He's translated the poetry of authors, uh, and some of it is not translated, it's originally in Hindi, contemporary authors, and it's called A Poem A Day. It has some stunning poetry. I will not ruin it by reciting it in my voice, but uh, do check out NL Recess and listen to him recite some of the translations and some of the really, really beautiful poetry. And the second recommendation I have is, uh, which someone has already mentioned, Nidhi's interview with that farm leader, which was originally, uh, I saw one in Punjabi. Punjabi.
3: uh, So I'll put the links to
1: both. Yeah, So do check it out.
3: Ha, You put Punjabi also.
1: Yeah, I'll put the Punjabi. That is one hour. That's a one hour interview. So that's on a Punjabi channel. Uh So you can see that. I would highly recommend if you understand Punjabi, do listen to that interview uh, and the clarity of this man's communication. Uh, and I think when you're as clear in communicating as he is, I'm not sure you need a Yugendri Yadav on your team. On that note, thank you, panelists. Thank you, Asmita. I hope you do some more fantastic work and congratulations once again for your Ramnath Goyanka award. What category was it, by the way? Because so, cause usually they didn't have a category for video, right? Ramnath Goyanka? As in not for documentaries. No,
2: it was the Uncovering India Invisible. That was, uncovering that India Invisible.
1: I see. So oh. the Uncovering yeah, India I Invisible. I see.
2: And we had applied for the video category.
1: I
3: see. Invisible India.
1: Okay. So thank you. Uh, do subscribe. Pay to keep news free. When the public pays, the public is served. And spread the word. And get more people to listen to news that is not paid for by large corporations. And see the difference. Until next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Starry, starry night. Blue <laughs> and gray. Look out on a summer's day. With eyes that know the darkness in my soul. Shadows on the hills. Sketch the trees and the daffodils. Catch the breeze and the winter chills.